Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, and myself wrap up our discussion on the third article of the Augsburg Confession, looking at a New Testament passage and its application to our lives. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe. I have with you Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian McKee. Yes. And, and we want to make a disclaimer. Brian and I want to make a disclaimer that the reason why Brett has been so quiet on this arc <laughs> is not because he doesn't care about the two natures yeah, of Christ. Yeah, right. Brett, yep. during this entire recording series, <laughs> has been nailed with a massive allergy attack. Yeah. And he's basically been rendered blind. Yeah, right. Almost. I, I, I know. I'm sitting over here. I, I feel know. so bad. I, your eyes are red, yep. they're swollen. and I've been rubbing my eyes a lot and yeah, I feel, I, feel I can, nasally. I can yep. see in your face, you're loving what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But so, so by the time you're listening to this episode, it will be one month after the fact. But yeah. say a little prayer for Brett and right. his allergies. Thanks. <laughs> it's almost like the episodes where I wasn't even here. <laughs> the ones that Brian and I did because yeah. you couldn't yep, make the right. recording time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, we that want you to once. be here. Yeah, it did mm-hmm. happen once. Uh, we want you to be here, but Brian and I are suffering silently with you as we carry the, yeah. carry the, well, the I, topic while you're just trying yeah. not to die. Thanks, you guys. And yeah, no, I, I feel bad. I, I want to be contributing here, but... Um, you, you haven't yeah. quite gotten the Barry White voice yet. <laughs> well, and honestly, <laughs> right. it's not that our yeah. enthusiasm leaves a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. you know... I'm sorry for it. It's kind of a sorry, not sorry kind of a thing. Because <laughs> I, I do get excited about this. And I wish, as we talked about, you know, it's it's great to see someone get passionate and mm-hmm. excited about what they're passionate and excited about. Yes, yes. And I think both of us, from a systematic standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, from you, I think the application of vocation. Mm-hmm. and just, I guess I'm more of a practical theology kind of guy. You know what? I, terrible. There's yeah, a, right. <laughs> ter- with, terrible. But you know what? Without application, it's right. not really biblical theology. Mm-hmm. So, And me with the Trinity and the two natures of Christ, yeah. it's all really a beautiful thing. And, and listener, we're all so excited about this topic and kind of sad to see it come to a close on our four episode mm-hmm. arc. And it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer because next time we get together, we're just going to have to talk about justification, which, <laughs> which is the outcome. <laughs> so I don't, I, I uh. will probably have to work hard to scrape together enough material for oh, four episodes. That's going to be so <laughs> good. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. So we're, this episode, we're doing a New Testament Bible study. And for a long time, we were trying to find the passage in Philippians we were thinking of, but we're like, it's, wait oh, a second, it was oh, Colossians. it's Colossians, <laughs> uh, Colossians 1, uh, 15 through 22. So you can grab your Bible and uh, listen along or read along with us. I read in Jesus' name, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. 
And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above, above reproach before him. Amen. Here ends Amen. the reading. Amen. Mm-hmm. I remember um, early on in my Christian walk, not understanding the two natures of Christ the way that I do now, always being confused by this passage hmm. of scripture, scripture because it's mm-hmm. so, so, you know, oh, I guess beautifully and masterfully talks about both natures of Jesus Christ kind of simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weaves in and out of it, and it's just, it's all there. Well, and it's it's a beautiful way to present it because it is that it's not either or, mm-hmm. and it's not really both and as if they're two Mm -hmm. separate things. It's one Christ Mm -hmm. and we should as Christians in our confession be able to move seamlessly Mm -hmm. between the human nature and the divine nature because Mm -hmm. they're not two separate things. They're one Christ. But it is hard for us because we're humans and we're only limited in our knowledge and this is why we need the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and I think that's why it's important for us to talk about these things. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. like things to be black and white. We like things to Hmm. be easy. We, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, we like we like clean boundaries. We like you know things like that. And in in one sense, there is. You talked about it last week, Brian. You know, when we're talking about the suffering and the humiliation of Christ, we're talking about the human nature. It's part of what the human nature is. But at the same time, because of our robust theology in who Christ is and what Christ has done, it can be said that God suffered for our sins, that God died for our sins mm-hmm. because there is just the one Christ. Yeah, but in his divine nature did not suffer humiliation or Correct. or uh, anything of that nature mm-hmm. because God can't be humiliated. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that all of that is just a part of that. The, the paradox of all paradoxes. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's worth the, the struggle. And uh, the more I study it and the more I see the incredible and awesome nature of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the more I am in awe of how much he loved us in order to save us. And just how God's grace is expanded mm-hmm. through some of the intricacies of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the the first part of this, it, it gives us a little bit of time to chase a rabbit trail, but just to explain to people this, he is the image of the invisible God. This mm-hmm. is where mm-hmm. some of the earliest Lutherans and, and perhaps some of the most belligerent Lutherans <laughs> kind of have this assistant, insistence as you read it that any physical appearance of God, even in the Old Testament, is an appearance of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we go back to this passage where Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about the Garden of Eden, when God was walking with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve in the garden, the person they saw was Jesus. Those Christophanies. And yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, I can't remember the source that I read it, but somewhere I read that every theophany was a Christophany. Every appearance mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. was Christ. And, you know, so we, we've talked about Joshua mm-hmm. and the commander of the armies of the Lord. And we've talked about, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. Mm-hmm. He saw uh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's not to nitpick unnecessary theology. It's to emphasize what Colossians is teaching us here, mm-hmm. that in essence, Christ is God personified. That's the meaning yep. of the incarnation. We, mm-hmm. we, and, and Jesus even taught that, and we mentioned that last week. Uh, it's John 14. 
18, uh, where he tells his disciple Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And show us the Father, and it is enough. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and then the great back to John 1, 18. Uh, no one has ever seen God. <laughs> the only God who's out on the Father's side, he has made him known. And mm-hmm. Christ is the one who reveals God and his plan yeah. of salvation. Yeah. And it's it's again we don't want to do it in such a way that they're they're not separate, as it's, as if they're two separate entities. Mm-hmm. It's the you know our confession of Christ is built off our confession of the Trinity. We yep. confess that mystery: Absolutely. three persons and one God. Mm-hmm. Can't remember is this one of those portions of Scripture where it's considered kind of like a a mini creed or a mm-hmm. a hymn a, hy- a so hymn speak. yeah, yeah right. Christ hymn yeah Christ the, the hymn, hymn of yep. Christ absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, there were several theologians that suggested that this was something that mm-hmm. was used in that regard to for didactic reasons, for teaching, mm-hmm. but also for edification in the synagogue, no. mm-hmm. for believers. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a, it's a song of praises. It's a song of confession. You yeah, know, this like, is not repeat six times yeah. type of song. Well, but it's you, you think about it, the nature of what we're confessing here. We are simultaneously confessing. Mm-hmm. Doctrine, what yeah. we believe. Yeah. We are confessing our faith in God and who he has revealed himself to be. And we're confessing our sin. You cannot talk about the cross of Christ or the blood of Christ mm-hmm. without confessing your own sin. We're not permitted to do that. Mm-hmm. And good theology is beautiful. It's articulate. It's expressive. And, and really, we would say it's concise. We do in seven, eight verses here, mm-hmm. uh, what human authors, apart from the inspiration of the scripture, have been filling volumes and volumes and Absolutely. volumes of, yeah. you know, for the last 2,000 years. Yeah. There's so much to talk about here, it's not even, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very full. So you've got, you, you, you've absolutely got the deity of Christ. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn mm-hmm. over all com- creation. You're talking about dominions over everything. Uh, you've got the nature of creation that God spoke the word. Jesus was the word. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit carries the word to fruition. Uh, And then you've got this very important turn at verse 18, Mm. where it starts to color our theology again. He is the head of the body, the church. Okay, that's that's again a deity statement. Mm -hmm. But then he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And, and and we 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 go from building on the foundation of the deity of Christ to now laying the foundation for the humanity of Christ. In, in verse nineteen, then for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. But then verse twenty and twenty two talk about the blood of the cross and reconciling us in His body of flesh by death. What what I love about this is it really kind of kicks against a lot of the heresies that even existed within. Uh, the old church, you know, a lot of people, um, Arian took it to the extreme, thinking that Christ wasn't God at all in any way, shape, or form. He was just fully human. In fact, maybe the first Christian, <laughs> quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were others who would, to a lesser degree, uh, kind of sub- fall in the middle that, well, Jesus is kind of God. Well, you can't be kind of God. You either are God or you are not God. And all of these really fight and um, to preserve <laughs> mm-hmm. the reality that Jesus is fully God, you know, and even the, the Pharisees understood that because as Jesus claimed to be the son of God, as it says in the gospel of John, the Pharisees sought to kill him for that purpose because they understood what he was yep. claiming mm-hmm. to be. They understood that he was claiming to be equal with God. 
And so that's exactly what's being stated here. Well, and, and they, they accuse him of that. I can't remember where that is in the gospel, but you being man claim to be equal with God. Yeah. The really interesting uh, apologetic for all that is John chapter 8 at the end of it, when Jesus says, before Abraham was, was I, I am. am. Yep. Yeah. And their response to that at the end was they picked up stones to stone him yeah. because yep. the punishment in Judaism for blasphemy was yeah. death. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus isn't being uh, punished at the end of that statement for having bad grammar or failing to complete yep. the predicate nominative <laughs> there. He, he's being, because he's yeah. using... He was clear. He's using the mm-hmm. covenant name, and I what, am. And ultimately yeah. when they brought him to, to Pilate, that's what they used. Uh-huh. And I love that statement where in John it says, and they, like, oh, and by the way, he he claims to be the son of God. And, and, and then of, that statement that Pilate became more afraid yeah, than Pilate he already basically was. basically wets himself. <laughs> such a coward. I know. Well, but he was freaked out by that because... Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of Greek mythology, mm-hmm. you know, that God could appear as human was a little mm-hmm. bit of a reality to to the faith of most Romans. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. did not see this as outside of the norm of what is already taught in Rome. Besides that, his wife totally yeah. had dreams <laughs> about him, yeah. don't have anything to do with this righteous man. Yeah. I find no guilt in him. He goes in and asks the most profound question, where are you from? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. You know, just that beautiful picture that God emptied himself, became flesh, mm-hmm. and dwelt among mm-hmm. us. It, mm-hmm. it, it really- and, and then what Pilate, just one more thing, what Pilate wrote, what he chose to write on the sign this that hung above, yeah, Jesus, King of the Jews. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a wonder that Pilate just didn't fall over dead during that entire exchange. <laughs> because who he's face to face and the things. But God used him at well, the same sense because it was written in Latin and Greek and in Aramaic, mm-hmm. you know? The, the things Jesus said to Pilate in, in knowing what how, you know, John has this inside... Mm-hmm. You know, inside baseball and how Pilate was reacting, Jesus said, "You would have no authority." I know. That's my father. And then all of the things, like Pilate, how do you not just set him free? Well, <laughs> and there's so, well, and and the history, if you read Josephus a little bit, he had already gotten in trouble quite a bit. No. So his job was already on the line. So he was literally just trying to mm-hmm. basically keep his job. But you know, and and we again, that's outside of scripture. But I, I believe most of that to be true. But just he. He had some insight, though, because think about it. You know, he wrote that. Then they're like, no, you need to change that sign and say, he claims to be the king of the Jews. What I, I have, have written, written what I, I have written. written. <laughs> and then on Saturday, the, we don't have a lot of information on Saturday from the cross to the grave. Mm-hmm. But here they go and they say, hey, we need a, a group of Roman soldiers to guard the tomb because mm-hmm. this imposter said he was going to rise from the dead. And then I love what what what. Pilate says, he goes, here, go make the tomb as secure as you can. Mm-hmm. Think about yeah. that. It's, you know, and he, I just wonder if he was like smirking inside. <laughs> or I, you also could wonder like how many times over the course of those three days from the trial when it started and he started figuring out that Jesus is kind of a big deal all the way to where the reports get back that, oh, the tomb has been open yeah. and, and all of the soldiers have passed out. How many times did Pilate say to himself that weekend, what on earth have I gotten myself into? And then that brings us to our text here, where it says the firstborn from the dead, the first to rise with the glorified body that very much like we will receive um, at Christ's second coming. 
Well, and it's, you know, I think Pilate's an excellent foil for what we're talking about because without faith, apart from faith, these things that Jesus has done yep. are not good news. And so fear and knowledge aren't enough. No. There is a saving faith element that only God can work in our heart mm-hmm. through the revelation of Christ Jesus in the gospel. If you don't stand before God with Christ in your place, the whole Christ, fully God and fully man, mm-hmm. you stand as one who put him to death. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, you know, that's. I don't intend to turn Pilate into a sympathetic character because obviously he has plenty of guilt. I think in he's thing. very interesting yeah. though. Yeah. It's, but... The fullness of scripture and the different perspectives we get, you have this man who came face to face with God, literally. Yes. And he couldn't see it. Yeah. But then what does that say about the worst parts of the church today? Or even even humanity. Well, and humanity and, uh, you know, one of the most fascinating things that I see in atheism is how much time they spend thinking and talking about a God they insist isn't there. I know, because it's not enough to not believe in a God. They have to hate Christianity. Yeah. You know, you would think a natural progression, if you don't believe in God, that you would be indifferent towards religion. That, yeah, you know, he just wouldn't you, care about I can see it. how you think it's a waste of time, or I actually can see the case for thinking that religion is dangerous. Yeah. But you, you look back in history, in the 20th century, the worldview that was most responsible for death in the 20th century was atheism. Well, <laughs> and, and then you think about the time Christ died. You know, Rome was polytheistic. Yeah. They believed in many gods. But why did they find Christianity so threatening that they started to persecute them? Because Christianity said this is the only God. Exactly. It's that exclusive nature. And But Israel said that before, but there was something intrinsically different about this new movement of Christ followers that stems out of Judaism. Well, well, the thing about Judaism during the time of the Roman period is that the Romans gave them permission to have their religion as long as they participated in society. Yeah. And that's where you got kind of this notion of the Hellenized Jews who mm-hmm. had adopted all manner of Greek customs but were you know they were Jewish name only kind of a thing mm-hmm. and, and Jews were were willing to play the game as long as the Rome didn't mess with their religion yeah. the Christians come along in the 1st century and say no this is my life this is my identity yep. i can't i can't smile and nod and say i'll burn a pinch of incense to caesar because yep. there yep. is only yep. one lord i can point to you where he was yep. and what he did at what time in and, and to betray him is to betray my entire identity. Exactly. And John, you know, we think about Acts where John and, uh, you know, another apostle was flogged and we cannot follow uh, what man says. We must do uh, what God has given us to obey God to rather Absolutely. than men. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. that's not a political statement. That's not a political philosophy. That is a life that is anchored in the saving person work of Jesus Christ. And it really points to this statement in mm-hmm. verse 18. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the yeah. dead, and yep. in everything he might be preeminent. Mm. Uh, you know, there's that whole thing, the head of the, the church, uh, the government will rest on his shoulders. We talked about last episode, and that government is the eternal kingdom of God mm-hmm. that is in the, ch- the church, in a sense of the incarnate nature 
of Christ through the, through the church now today, but then not yet as the new heaven and new earth will be consummated at Christ's second coming. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to just close really briefly by by paying homage to Philip Melanchthon when we can. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a bad rap in Lutheran history and rightly so. He did not end nearly as well as he started uh, and kind of when he when Luther died, he lost his anchor and he compromised because he was a timid man and he valued rec- reconciliation. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make excuses for the guy. But we ought to right now, three articles into the Augsburg Confession, acknowledge the brilliance that God gave him in ordering our confession. Yeah. Because the deity and the humanity of Christ, the person and work of Jesus, is built off of the two concepts of the Trinity, and then original sin. And we see that here. Verse 21, you who were once alienated and hostile in mm-hmm. mind. Yep. The, the person in work of Christ is because mm-hmm. our original sin is the problem. Mm-hmm. Because our default nature before God isn't neutral and we can swing either way, but because our starting point is in opposition to the Trinity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the person and work of Jesus, the human nature, the divine nature, two natures, one Christ is absolutely necessary. It's I look at this, again, as a guy who studies systematic theology, a guy who that's the way I order how I think about the Christian faith, and it is brilliant mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. it was structured. We, we, we go from Trinity to original sin to Christ mm-hmm. to justification. Yeah. The, there, there is a logical and very neat progression to what we're confessing with the Augsburg yep. Confession. Amen. It is marvelous. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it would be really good for us to close with Philippians uh, chapter yeah. 2, good. verses 5 through 11. It says this, Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at bingingluthern.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.